I had a different plan for myself. I studied Arabic and English, thinking that my career will be in uh, translation. However, you know, suddenly whole world collapsed. Dr. Janana Yalovchich didn't expect her life to go this way. If you had asked me in 1992, in January, whether I would ever visit North America, I would say no. In the spring of that year, her country was plunged into conflict. Those experiences drove her away from home, but gave her life a new mission. She would dedicate herself to helping people whose lives had been upended by war, working to make healthcare and education accessible to those who are often overlooked. This is Go the Distance, a podcast from Athabasca University. The world is rethinking education, and distance learning has become a major part of the conversation. To some people, it may seem new and strange, but it's been going on for a long time, creating opportunities and transforming lives. This series will share stories from one of the world's leaders in distance and online education for the past 50 years, Athabasca University, right here in Canada. We hope it can inspire you to start your own path to education. How far will education take you? We reached Janana in Kingston over a video call. She was born and raised in Sarajevo, and she had a pretty good life. Bosnia-Herzegovina was part of Yugoslavia, and Yugoslavia was a, a socialist country that was a little bit more free than other socialist countries. At that time, we we had a really big middle class and uh, free education, free health care. So life was not bad for me. She got a bachelor's degree in languages and was working as an administrator and translator. And she had a plan. She was going to work in Arabic-speaking countries and teach English on the side. And then, in 1992, the Bosnian war broke out. We just couldn't believe the war was starting in the country, and then it was starting in the city, and the city became besieged, but we still couldn't believe that it is happening to us. Janana wanted to help. So she started getting involved with humanitarian organizations. And just a warning, some of the stories she's about to tell are graphic. At that time, I worked for Doctors Without Borders. So we were in a hospital and we were delivering drugs and medical supplies. And uh, every day we could see, you know, bodies completely blown up and um, massacred. It wasn't long before the war came directly to her doorstep. I lived in an apartment building. Uh, In one day, the building was directly hit by dozens of anti-tank grenades. They had no shelters, so they hid in storage rooms. Between shots, a group of them tried to move to the garage. And as we were going down, another blast was directly about the ventilation. So the power of the blast threw us on, on the ground. And once we figured out that we are all alive and nobody was injured, we waited for a shelling to stop. And then you go back and start cleaning. 
And that is where life goes back. Eventually, she got away. First, she made her way to Italy as a refugee. And then from there, she was sponsored by family to come to Canada. I came to Toronto and then I got a job at Queen's University at the International Center for Community-Based Rehabilitation. You know, entry-level administrative position. She had heard about the center because of a program they ran in her home country. Their focus was mostly developing community-based rehabilitation programs. Which we are trying to address is improving access for persons with disabilities and persons with refugee experiences to health services. Uh, Most of our work was after the war, during the war, post-war, or post-natural disaster. So that's how I ended up working in many countries that were hit by war. Janana worked her way up to becoming director of the center, while getting two degrees on the side and continuing to volunteer with NGOs and advocacy groups. And over time, she started to discover a new passion. I developed a continuing education program for disability and rehabilitation professionals. And as I was doing that, I realized that online education and educational aspect of online education is something that I want to do. And for me, the best way to develop an online education is actually to be a student. So she decided to pursue a PhD in education at Athabasca University. There is a lot of serendipity, of course, but a lot of decisions are basically driven from personal experiences and appreciation for people who left comfort of their homes and peace and prosperity and came to Bosnia and Herzegovina to live and help during the war. Seeing a lot of people who have been close friends becoming disabled also shaped my interest. Her doctorate focused on the experiences of students with disabilities in online learning. Because very often we, in the higher education sector, we know what needs to be done. And uh, we do rarely ask our students about their experiences. So my, my study was about experiences of students and bringing that to the forefront. And that really brought out understanding, for example, of flexibility and flexibility not only of having an extra time, but also flexibility of accessing resources, flexibility of timelines, uh, assessments. The other big issue was the barriers because the accessibility for students really depended on the interest and commitment of the individual professors experience varied from very good to very bad. Dr. Muhammad Ali is the program director for Athabasca's Doctorate of Education in Distance Education. He says there are not a lot of people researching this issue. Actually, she's making a significant contribution to the area of disability student learning online. And she has presented her results at international and national and local conferences. Like Janana, Mohammed has spent a lot of time working with refugee communities. Much of his work centers on how online learning can reach refugees. They're in a location where there are no schools, there is no infrastructure for education. 
the way we can provide online learning for them is to give the refugees tablet computers. And then what we can do is we can actually load the learning materials on a local server within the refugee camp. Mohammed wants to make this process even more efficient by using unmanned vehicles. In other words, drones. And the vehicle will travel around a small village in the air and the students will use their tablets and just download the the lessons from the unmanned uh, vehicle. They use it in the health field to deliver drugs to, or medicine to different remote areas in Africa. Why can't we use it in, in education? So that's one way technology is increasing access to education. And yet Mohammed notes that the type of work Janana is doing is needed. Janana got her doctorate in 2018. Today, she's an associate professor at Western Norway University of Applied Sciences. It is an online education program, primarily targeting physiotherapists uh, who are working with refugees. But what we are also doing right now is reaching out to organizations to contribute to creation of the resources for people who are working with refugees. So hopefully other professions will also be able to benefit from resources that we create. Her own experiences remind her of the work that still needs to be done. For me, it is really heartbreaking to look at the current situations and, you know, 26 million refugees in the world and uh, not having a chance for future and just surviving. That's why I'm kind of keeping myself very much engaged. This year is the also 25th year from the genocide in Srebrenica and Bosnia and Herzegovina. It's like 8,372 lives that we know were lost, killed because they belong to a certain ethnic group. So I think that there are a lot of experiences that we would rather forget, but I think they should inform us to make this world a better place for everyone. Go the Distance is a podcast from Athabasca University. AU, Canada's online university, has been a leader in online and distance learning for more than 50 years. For more information, go to athabascau.ca. Thank you to our guests, Dr. Janana Yalovchic and Dr. Muhammad Ali. This show is produced by Antica. Our producer is Sheena Rossiter. Our senior producer is Kevin Sexton. Stuart Cox is the president of Antica. On the next episode... What I was witnessing was a lot of systemic racism aimed at Indigenous women when they would try and go to the doctor or access uh, health services. And I wanted to be part of the solution. And there just was no way that I could move to a larger city to go to university. To hear more about how online learning is transforming lives and communities, you can listen to the whole series right now, wherever you get your podcasts.